Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 92, Making a Highlight Reel. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. If you're new to the podcast, Filming with Josh is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Here on the podcast, we talk about all things video, from how to make a highlight reel to how to price your work. We talk about it all here on Filming with Josh. We also have a Facebook group called Filming with Josh, so be sure to go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh in the search bar, and ask to join the group today. The Filming with Josh Facebook group is a private group where you can come share your work, ask for feedback, ask questions, and keep up with products that are coming out, BTS photos from my work and things of that nature. So we'd love to see you there. Today's episode is about making a highlight reel. And I want to talk today about how to make a reel, why to have a reel, should you have a reel, is a reel really that important? I want to cover a lot of those things. And what has made me want to do this particular podcast today is that yesterday we came out with our highlight reel, for Rustic River Media. And that is the first time I've made a reel or put out a reel since 2016, which was nine years ago. It's been a long time. So as you can see, I don't put a lot of stock into highlight reels, but I do still think that they bring some value, which is why I finally nine years later made one and came out with it yesterday. So I just want to talk about that whole process of what I think about highlight reels and why I don't make them that often, but then what made me want to make this one, how I made it, how you can think about making yours, etc. So let's dive into it. When I was shooting and editing outdoor TV content years ago, um, it was really common to have a highlight reel and to come out with one every year. And in fact, I just kind of thought that industry-wide that that's what you should do. And to be fair, in most industries that people produce content for, they typically do have a reel every year. So if you're in the wedding industry, a lot of people have a wedding reel. If you are into real estate, a lot of people have a real estate reel at the end of the year or the beginning of the next year. And they do the same thing for a lot of commercial and corporate and branded content, etc. So making a reel is pretty common. Um, And when I was in the outdoor TV space, everybody did just that. They made a reel at the end of the year to kind of recap everything they did that year. And I think that's great. And people came out with some pretty cool stuff. And I still see some pretty cool reels coming out today from that particular industry. Um, But what's interesting is that is the only industry that I've ever worked in where I actually had a client ask me for a reel. And it would be TV hosts. TV hosts that um, would be hiring freelance guys to come shoot for them they would oftentimes send you an email and say, hey, what are your rates? What's your gear? And send me your reel. And that was really common. And so you would just send over what your day rate was or rates in general. If you had different rates for different things, you'd send over a gear list and you'd send over a reel. And that was that was super, super common. So when I left that space, I kind of thought that most clients wanted to see a reel in other industries. But I quickly found out when I started moving more toward commercial and branded content that not a single client has ever asked me for a reel. In fact, I've been shooting commercial and corporate or branded content 
really my whole career, because even when I was doing outdoor TV, I still was doing that on the side. So I've been shooting commercial and corporate or, or branded style content for businesses for over a decade. I mean, I mean, gosh, probably if I really think about it, I mean, it's probably been 11 or 12 years that I've been producing that kind of content. And not once have I ever been asked for a highlight reel, not once. And so I think that's really telling, right? And why is that? Well, if you put yourself in the mind of a customer who is looking to have a video made for their business, for example, a highlight reel doesn't really demonstrate to them what you can do for them. But a example of your work does. If you have a real world example of, say, a an interview-driven video that's like two minutes long with B-roll cut to it, that is very telling to a client. It shows that you have the ability to light, mic, and shoot an interview. You know how to uh, cut an interview up to make it make sense, and you know how to capture B-roll content that goes with said interview. So if you have examples of that on your website, for example, that goes a long way into demonstrating to potential clients what you can do for them. Or if they're interested in, a, in say, a, a brand anthem that's going to be, you know, may, maybe the story of their business and their and their mission and and who they are, for example. Um, a, a really good example of this is uh, my, my buddy Kyle Bamberger sent me this video that um, uh, Sims came out with, Sims Waiters, uh, earlier last week. And uh, it was a really cool video and it was just about Sims. It was what I would call a brand anthem. And it was just about the business and kind of who they are and, and how the people that make your waders that you buy to go fly fishing um, actually go fishing themselves and that they actually use the product. So it was a really cool video. So that's what I'd call a brand anthem. And it was like four or five minutes long. And it had uh, various interviews uh, cut with tons of B-roll content inside the manufacturing facility, people working in their offices, people working on the waiters, and then also people out in the field using them. And so that's what I would call brand anthems. So if you have brand anthems on your website and companies like that are looking for a branded piece about their business, that brand anthem is what's going to get you the job, not a highlight reel. Because all a highlight reel typically is, for the most part, is a bunch of pretty shots cut to pretty music. Now, there are other ways you can go about it. I think I went about it a little differently, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But the, but the common theme, for the most part, when people make a reel, is it's their favorite shots cut to a track that they really like. And while that is eye-catching and what I would call eye-candy, it's not really doing anything for telling the end client what you can do for them. Examples are, so when I get asked about doing projects today, I always get asked for examples of my work or the client's already seen examples of my work and that's why they're calling me. But if they're in the medical industry, for example, they want to know, hey, do you have any examples you can show us? And I actually do have some video projects I've done in the medical industry. And while it may not be whatever they're exact, like maybe they're maybe they're in the hearing side of the medical industry and I've never done anything in, in hearing, but I can still send them medical related videos I've done from uh, plastic surgery videos to dental videos, etc. And they can kind of get an idea of what it would look like if I did a video for them about their hearing uh, practice or whatever. I'm not sure what that would 
be called, but you get the point, right? And the same thing goes like if you were looking to do a video in the automotive industry and maybe you've never done anything exactly in the automotive industry, but if you have anything on your website or anything you could send that you've done that at least gives them an idea of what you can do for them, you send them that example. And it just allows them to see and visualize and understand, okay, if this was about my business, this is kind of what I can expect to get from this person if I hire him or if I hire this company. Um, and so that's why I, I don't put a lot of stock into making reels anymore. I, I went from making them earlier in my career to realizing that it really wasn't the biggest thing in the world. So I, I didn't put a lot of time and effort into making them anymore because all my clients just wanted to see examples. Plus, it takes a long time to make a reel, if we're being honest. It's a lot of work, especially if you're doing it for more than just like the past year, which is what I kind of wanted to do. And we'll talk about my reel that I came out with in the podcast again, and we'll, we'll dive into how I made it. And that's a large part of this podcast. But taking a step back to 2016, when I came out with my, my last reel, I kind of threw it together. And the reason why I even came out with one is I do feel like a reel still has a place. While I don't think it gets me a ton of work necessarily, because again, my clients ask for real world examples. Um, I do still think though that having a reel is good to have on your website because if you have it on the homepage, it at least gives people an idea of what kind of work you do, what kind of industries you work in, etc. It also gives you something that you can put in a proposal toward the top of the proposal. And it also gives you something that you can share on social media, pinned to the top of your Facebook page or Instagram account, etc. So while I don't think it's the have all be all and you shouldn't put all your eggs in, in, to making the real and, and hoping that that's going to get you a ton of business, I, I, I think, you know, examples do that way better. But having a real still has a purpose. I also want to say this. Not every industry is the same. There are definitely industries out there, like I said, back when I did work in the uh, in the outdoor TV space, where reels really do get you business. So I'm not trying to say this applies for every industry, but most industries, especially if you're wanting to work in commercial, corporate, and uh, and branded content, you want to do, uh, you want to do you know marketing projects for for various different businesses. For sure, those industries value examples over reels. So it kind of does also depend on your industry. But I know that in the industry I'm in today, it's it's a secondary thing, not a primary thing. That being said, I still see value in having one. So in 2016, I made one. And I kind of halfway threw it together because I, I, I didn't want to spend too much time on it because I had so many things going on. And about a year or two later, I actually removed it from online because I felt like while it was okay, it didn't really do a good job of demonstrating the kind of work I was doing. So I removed it. So the one I came out with 2016, I, I did put it on my website. I did put it in my proposals and I did put it on my social media accounts, but I, I ultimately realized it, it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. So I en ended up removing it and I just didn't have a reel. And I went like that. I went realist for several years until 2020 hit. And then in 2020, my business got kind of shut down because when COVID happened and they started shutting down you know, various businesses across the country, what ended up happening for me is a lot of the work that I was in the middle of doing was for different medical companies and different universities. And all of them kind of got shut down for a period of time. 
And so I could not move forward with most of my projects. So I was sitting at home with my wife twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the government to let up on restrictions so I could get back to work. And during that time, I was trying to think about things I could do to help the business. So I decided in 2020, why don't I make a why don't I make a reel? I haven't made a reel in a long time. It had been four years at that point. So I sat down and started making a reel. And that is the reel I finished yesterday. <laughs> it took me over three years to get that reel finished. Um, but now I want to talk to you about why it took me so long. And I want to talk to you about how I approached it, why I made it, and why I made it the way I made it. And hopefully, through listening to this podcast, you'll get some ideas on how you can make your next highlight reel. I want to start with the word highlight reel. And I want to break that down. And I want to make a distinction between a reel and a brand video for your business, your video business. As mentioned earlier in the podcast, a typical highlight reel is just highlighting multiple different projects and different shots that you're proud of that you've captured, whether it's over the course of the past year or, or a culmination of several years, and you're highlighting different shots from different industries and different projects you've done, and typically you cut it to music. That is your typical highlight reel. And it's usually, you know, two, three minutes long. A brand video is different. It's a different spin on a highlight reel. It's like making a brand video for an automotive company or a medical company or an architectural company. You know, a brand video is more about who you are, how long you've been in business, what you do, um, what makes you different, what markets you service, etc. I wanted my highlight reel to be more like a brand video because to me, the whole music and pretty shots thing doesn't really do a good job of telling customers who land on your website or who look at your proposals or who see your social sites of who you are and what you do, right? It just shows a bunch of shots cut to pretty music. And so for me personally, I felt like a better approach to making a highlight reel was to treat it like a brand video and to approach it the same way I would a video for any of my clients. That way, when people watch it, they're seeing examples of my work, they're seeing the different industries I work in, they're seeing different shots, but they're also learning about my business throughout that process. So in saying that, I knew that I wanted there to be dialogue in the video. I didn't want it to only be music. I wanted the dialogue to talk about the business, who we are, and what we do. And I decided I wanted it to be interview-driven. Um, and the reason is, is I want, I wanted people to see me as the face of the business because I, I'm the founder. I'm, am the, the person you're going to talk to when you're, we're coordinating a project, you know, my, my production assistant, my editors, my, my sound guys, all those guys are really important, but I am essentially the face of the business. I started it. And so when people watch this video, I wanted them, them to hear directly from me. I didn't want them to hear from a voiceover artist. I wanted them to hear from me because I started the business and I'm the person you're going to work with when you call the number and talk about doing a project. So I wanted them to see my face, hear my voice, and hear me talk about the business. So that was really important to me. So step one was determining that I wanted it to be a brand video, not just a basic highlight reel. 
And step two was I wanted, I made the distinction that I wanted to be on camera for some of it, that I wanted my voice to drive the dialogue in the video, and that I wanted to talk about who we were, who we are, how long we've been in business, what all we do, what all markets we serve, etc. So that's the first step in making my brand video. It was determining how it was going to be cut together, who was going to be on camera, what we were going to talk about. So that was step one. Step two was actually finding the music because I knew I wanted the perfect song. It had to be a song that had a relatively fast flow so that I could show a bunch of shots from a bunch of projects from a bunch of different industries. And we'll get more into the shot selection later, but I really wanted to have a, a song that hit fast enough that I could incorporate tons of different shots, but at the same time, it couldn't be too fast. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to incorporate interview dialogue. So the song was really important to this. And I didn't want to talk the entire time. I only wanted to talk on certain parts of the song. So what I had to do is I had to find a song that was not too fast, but not too slow. And that had natural breaks in the song where I could easily slip dialogue, right? Because I didn't want to like take a high energy part of the song and just dub it down and start talking because that, that wouldn't feel natural. So this song had to have natural breaks where I could naturally speak. And then when the music would pick back up, I would stop talking and the music would continue. So step two was finding that perfect song. And on top of that, I like music that has lyrics in my work. Now, not all of my work has lyrics. You know, there's tons of projects out there that you can't have lyrics in your work. We're working on a series of videos for Sonogram Company right now, and my editor is choosing music that has no lyrics because it, it would be distracting and would take away from the video. We just needed some light background music, right? And that's common. But when I can, I incorporate lyrical music into my work because I think lyrical music just feels different. It gives a different weight to your video. And it just, I don't know, to me, it just feels a step or a notch higher in quality than a non-lyrical song, especially if you can find a lyrical song that has a theme that is consistent with your video. And so I love incorporating lyrical music when I can. And I had to find a song because I knew I wanted a lyrical song for this project. So now I'm having to find a song that's not too fast, not too slow, that has natural breaking points where I can speak at different parts during the video. And the lyrics had to be on point with the overarching theme of the video. So that song is basically a unicorn. And as you can imagine, I had to do some deep diving to find the perfect song. And I went through a lot of songs until in 2020, I finally found the right song on Musicbed that I thought fit my video perfectly. Now, the song I found had some lyrics that I felt really hit with the overarching theme I wanted in my video, which was that we're different, we're successful, etc. And so I'm not going to read you the whole song, but I will give you some examples of some of the lyrics that were in that video, just in case you haven't seen it. But like it starts off with these four lines. I'm in it just to rewrite history because I'm in the mood to label us the leaders of the leaders of the new school. This ain't on the radio, can't find it on YouTube. This the type of killing that you critics ain't used to. I was like, man, that is a perfect way to start a 
highlight reel slash brand video for my business, right? Because it's, it's talking about like, we're in this to rewrite history. Um, we're the leaders and the leaders of the new school. You know, the saying on the radio, you can't find it on YouTube. And this is the type of killing that your critics ain't used to. Like, I don't know. It just, I love that vibe. I just felt like it was right on, right in line with what I was going for it for my videos. Like we're different. We're, um, we're not your average video company. Like that's kind of the theme I wanted to get across. And I felt like the lyrics hit really well with that. And like, here are just a few more lines that are kind of scattered throughout the video. But like, there's a line that says, uh, in this day and age, I got time for innovation, time to get creative. Like that's right on theme, right? Um, another line is like, tried to overlook a rival, all eyes on me. Now I got no competition. <laughs> Basically just, and I know like, don't get me wrong. This is, this is hitting kind of hard here, but I, I don't know. I love that. I just love the theme. Like, look out competition. Like I'm coming for you kind of thing, you know? Um, and then, you know, the, the, uh, the course of the song says like, I was born to be victorious, most definitely victorious. I'm destined to be victorious. Uh, through all the hate they display, we remain warriors. And I love that because my business kind of got started that way, right? Like people, judged me. They thought I was crazy to start a video production company because when I, when I started, I was already really successful, um, as, uh, as a college student, because I, I was going to college and studying wildlife management. I had landed back-to-back internships for Texas parks and wildlife. Like I had a whole career in front of me and I totally gave all that up to chase this video industry that I had no formal training in at all whatsoever. And I quit college, you know, after my senior year, but technically before I graduated to go shoot video for a living. And a lot of people thought that was stupid. And I even remember running into one of my professors at a basketball game, college basketball game years later. And he like mocked me. He's like, how you doing now, Josh type of thing. I was like, actually, I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from Africa yesterday. (laughs) But the point is, is throughout my career, I had have had people who've kind of hated on my decision to do this and thought it was dumb and reckless, um, but it's paid off, right? And it's allowed me to travel the world and chase my dreams and do something that I love. And and I've been doing it now for over a decade and I love it. And my business is, I started it in 2015, so it's not over a decade, but I myself have been doing this for over a decade. And, and I feel like I made a good decision and I stuck it to everybody out there who hated on me. So I felt like this song was perfect. It's right in line with my thought process and kind of how I got to this point. And it talks again about like being creative, things like that. But the song was perfect because it not only had lyrics that were kind of on theme with me and my brand, but it wasn't too fast. It wasn't too slow. And it had natural breaking points where I could speak. And so I downloaded both the lyrical and, um, instrumental versions of this song. And that's something I do a lot of my work if I am mixing in lyrics, um, because a lot of times there might be points where I don't want to hear the lyrics, but I still want the same beat. So I'll mix the two together. And at points in my edit where I want the the lyrics to trail off, but I want to go just in an instrumental, I can do that because I have the instrumental version of the song. So I downloaded both versions and I went into Premiere because this is back before I switched in Premiere. And now that I found the song, step three in this process was going to be um, finding where in the song are good points to talk. So all of this is done before I've been interviewed. This is all done before I have any shots on the timeline or anything because you have to do all this first in order to get 
an idea of what to do next. Every step in this process kind of had to go in this order. So now that I had the song and I had the lyrical and instrumental versions downloaded, I stacked them on top of each other in sync in Premiere and I listened through the music and I found points where there were natural breaks in the song where I felt like I could talk without taking away from the music. And in those points, I sometimes cut to the um, instrumental version of the song and sometimes I even left the lyrics if I felt like I could talk over the lyrics. So there are some portions where I'm talking with lyrics and sometimes where I'm talking and there's no lyrics. But I was able to go through that song and pick points that had natural breaks and I marked those points with markers on the timeline. So the first part of the song, like where I start talking, there might be, I don't, I'm making this up here, but there might be like a a 15 second or 20 second window where I could talk. So I laid markers down on the timeline of where those uh, points were where I could start talking and where I, where the music started to pick back up and I needed to stop talking. And so I put markers throughout the timeline to mark each section of the song where I wanted there to be dialogue. And again, some of those on some of those markers, I cut to the instrumental version to cut the lyrics out to make talking easier. And then sometimes I left it. Now that that step was done, I now had to go in and write the interview. Because I didn't want to do some off-the-cuff interview. I wanted my interview to be word-for-word written out in a script. It needed to be exactly what I wanted it to say, how I wanted to say it, and when I wanted to say it. So this wasn't going to be me just standing in front of a camera talking about my business. This had to be scripted. And so it's really important going back to the music that I took the time to put markers on the timeline because that tells me not only when I'm going to speak throughout the song, but how long of a window of time I have to speak. That is critical, right? Because if I'm speaking too long and the music pick backs, picks back up, it'll ruin it'll essentially ruin the video because I, I I wanted it to feel natural. So there's natural points in the song where I can speak, but I have to wrap it up before the beat picks back up. And I also don't want my dialogue to be too short because if it's too short, then I'll be done talking before the beat bit picks back up and it would not feel natural again. So I had to go in and write down how many seconds I had to talk for each chunk of the video that I was going to be speaking in. So I, I went to those marking points and I would go to the first point and the second point and figure out how many seconds it was. And then I'd go further down the song until I had the next set of markers and I'd write down how many seconds I had for that section and so on and so forth. So I did that throughout the video. And once I had all my my timing markers and how much time, how much speaking time I had in between each of these markers, I then started writing out what I wanted to say in my interview, making sure that every paragraph fits perfectly within those timing markers, not too short, not too long. And as you can imagine, that takes a little bit of time. You you have to, to write something that says to your audience what you want to say, but it has to do it in the perfect amount of time for each paragraph. They're, they're in allowing your, 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 your dialogue to fit in those markers on the music. So that's, that's an art form, right? And that's something that I, I, we pride ourselves in here at Rustic River Media is that we've got some really good script writers that we work with. Um, and we 
I myself feel like I'm a pretty decent scriptwriter, and I work with other people that are also excellent scriptwriters, and it helps us to be able to sit down and write out stuff like this. So I'm very used to doing this. I do this all the time in my client projects. So I just sat down, and again, I treated this like a client job, and I said, okay, for this first chunk of time, I have X amount of seconds. What do I want to say in those X amount of seconds, and then I wrote it down, and I'd have to play with it, and sometimes I would even have to record it. I'd go onto a podcast mic, this same mic I'm talking into right now, because it's connected to my computer via USB-C, so I would go to this podcast mic, and on Premiere, you actually have an option to record straight to the timeline, so I would take the voiceover that I wrote, the paragraph I wrote for a certain section of the song, and I would record it onto the timeline using this mic, and just, just to see am I going, to, are, are the words going to fit or is it going to be too long or too short? And then I'd tweak it. If it was too long, I'd go in and take some words out. If it was too short, I'd go in and add some words back. And so I kept doing that throughout the whole song until every single paragraph fit between all the timing markers of, of the song. And that way I had the perfect script that said exactly what I wanted to say and that fit every portion of the song that I wanted to speak in. And so that took time. It took some tweaking. It took like some experimenting. It took me talking into this mic and actually speaking at the pace I intended on speaking and seeing if it fit within the markers. And if it didn't, I'd have to tweak it. So that, as you can imagine, took a while. It was not a one-hour process by any stretch, stretch of the means. And now that I've said that, I want to talk to you about what I wanted the dialogue in my interview to say. And what it is, is I wanted it to say, because to me, this is what's important. If you're going to do a highlight reel that's just music, again, as said earlier in the podcast, if it's just music and pretty shots, it doesn't tell anybody anything about you. So I wanted this, quote, highlight reel to be a brand video, essentially, that told my customers a lot about me. So I wanted to talk about when we were founded, how long we've been in business, what we offer, the different markets that we do business in what all we do here in-house, what packages we have. And I wanted to, to say a little bit about what I felt made us unique and different. So I'm actually going to read to you now my script. And again, if you haven't watched the video, you can go watch it after you listen to this podcast. But I'm actually going to read to you this script. And remember, this isn't all read at once in the video. It's broken up throughout the video as the music gives me chances to talk. But essentially, this will give you a really good idea of what I wanted this script to talk about, to give customers an idea who we are and what we do. So it starts off in, in, in like this, and I'll just read the whole thing. Founded in 2015, Rustic River Media is your go-to resource for video production, business photography, digital content creation, and live streaming. So there, I already told us, I told my customers what all we offer. We offer video, business photography, uh, digital content creation, live streaming. Those are the four services we, we offer. When it comes to video, our company specializes in producing television commercials, web videos, documentary films, live stream events, movie theater ads, and digital video assets for AEC firms, corporations, medical companies, and more. So that section, what that does is that says, because earlier I, I said we offer four services, right? Video production, business photography, digital content creation, and live streaming. But I, and the next thing I wanted to do was talk about when it comes to video what types of videos we do. And this is really important. Video is the primary driver of our business. We do some business photography and we create some other forms of digital content. We do live streaming, but video production in general is by far and away the main source of income for the business. So I wanted to break down when it comes to video what all we do. So I, again, I said when it comes to video, our company specializes in producing television commercials, 
web videos, documentary films, live stream events, movie theater ads, and digital video assets for AEC firms, corporations, medical companies, and more. So that tells them we do TV commercials, web videos, doc projects, live stream events, movie theater ads, because we do a lot of movie theater pre-roll ads, and that we also create digital video assets for, and then we started listing some examples of the type of businesses that we, or, or type of industries we work in. So I mentioned AEC firms, that's architectural engineering and construction. It's a really big part of our business. So I wanted to mention that. So if an AEC firm is on my website right there, they hear me saying that we do and we create content for AEC firms. I mentioned corporations, I mentioned medical companies, and then I left it open-ended by saying, and more, because obviously we do videos for other businesses like universities and things like that. But it gives people an idea, like this is what we do. We don't, you know, because you want to make that distinction. If you do weddings and real estate, you want to list that on your video or put that in your website so people know that you do weddings and real estate. If someone called and asked to hire me for weddings, they would be really disappointed because I would be horrible at doing weddings. I would be the last person you'd want to hire to do weddings because I'd feel very awkward and uncomfortable and I wouldn't know where to start. It's just something I've never been comfortable doing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I feel awkward at the thought, like just the thought of filming a wedding just makes me feel really awkward. So I don't do that, right? But I wanna give people an idea of what we do do. So we work with AEC firms, corporations, medical companies, et cetera. I wanted them to understand that. So they get an idea that, okay, this company doesn't do weddings, but they do business videos, right? So that's the whole point of that, is letting people know who our market is. I'll continue on in my, in my dialogue. We've scripted, directed, shot, edited, and produced videos all over the world and are ready to put your location down as the next pen in our map. So the reason I wrote this line was I wanted people to understand that we we can script write, we can direct, we can shoot, we can edit, we can do the whole thing. I wanted them to know that we can handle everything from top to bottom. We're not just shooters, we're not just editors, but we can script write, we can direct, we can do the whole thing. And I mentioned that we do pre-produced videos all over the world because we have and are ready to put your location down as the next pin on our map. I wrote that line specifically because I had a graphic I wanted to use that had a map of the world laid flat, and I was going to put, literally have pens pop up in the different countries and continents and states that we've worked in. Now, I probably need to go and update this because I made this graphic back in 2020, but still, it does a good job of getting people to understand that we've worked all over the world. And I had that graphic. I knew I was going to develop that graphic, so I specifically wrote the line, are ready to put your location down as the next pin in our map, so it would cut with that graphic. Continuing on, it says, no video is complete without a marketing plan to get it out in front of the masses. That's why we offer consulting to our clients to create multimedia marketing strategies that help them get quality views fast. So that's an important line, right? Because it's one thing to just make a video for some, for somebody, but it's another when you can make a video for someone and consult with them about how to use it. And in fact, consult with them before you ever even make the video so you can decide what kind of video it needs to be. Does it need to be one video? Does it need to be a series of videos? Where does it need to go? How are we going to market it? All of those things matter, right? So obviously I do a lot of projects where people call me to make a video for them and they already know where they're going to use it. But a lot of companies aren't quite sure. And so what we offer at our at our business at Rustic River is we actually have strategic partners that we can bring in and we can offer to our clients the ability to not only have a video made, but we can bring in my strategic partners and we can sit down and talk about doing market research, figuring out 
who the right people to target uh, the, the video with is, how we're going to get it in front of them, how long the video should be, should it be a series of videos, et cetera. So my consultants that I work with can help me do that. I can offer that to people and that is something that's unique to our business. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So companies can know like, hey, we, we don't just make videos, but we can you can even consult with us to figure out a whole plan that goes with it. Next, my voiceover or my dialogue says this. If you're in need of a digital marketing overhaul, we offer custom rebrand packages that include video, photography, and multimedia consulting so that we can help you get the visual presence your business deserves. Now, I am a video-specific business. I don't, well, video and, and photography, but I don't offer, like, we don't do social media marketing, for example. That's not my field. I don't understand it. I'm horrible at social media. Anybody who follows me on Instagram sees I post, like, five times a year. It's just not something I'm good at. And I'm, I'm being honest about that. And because I'm not good at it, I don't want to offer it. So there are a lot of things that I, that people out there do where they try to be a jack of all trades company where we're going to do video and photography and, and we're going to make um, banners and, and, and paper ads and we're going to do social media and all of this stuff, website design, et cetera. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a jack of all trades. I just want to be very focused. And that is we do, we create, we create visual content, video photography, and we have consultants that we work with. That's it. But we do offer rebrand packages that offer not just video, but video and photography. And we bring in our consultants to bring together an entire plan of what videos and photographs that we want to offer. So I, I, I want people to know that in, when they watch this video, that they, that we offer rebrand packages where we can do all video photography and consulting for the strategic part of it all in house. So that's something that was really important that I put in the video. It doesn't say we do everything, but it lets them know that we do offer packages for video photography and social, uh, excuse me, multimedia consulting. Next, it says, we don't want to give you a product that simply promotes your business with rather strategically designed content that helps you steal market share and crush the competition. That, again, goes in line with what I just said a minute ago um, about the consulting. However, one very important thing in, in this line is it says that we'd rather strategically design content. And the reason I use those words is I knew I had a shot of a guy using blueprints and I kind of like that because it goes along with the strategically design, like designing. And after you see his blueprints, I have a shot of a, a field with a drone. And then on that shot, a graphic of a building that's been designed through architectural software, it appears and is tracking on the drone shot. It's a really cool shot. So I wrote that line with the intention of using that shot later on in the video. So that's why I said we'd rather strategically design content because that's a designing aspect that helps you steal market share and crush the competition. All right, the next part says, our best attribute is our commitment to investment. We've spent years building a company that uses the greatest assets available for video production, investing heavily in equipment that truly sets us apart. But it's our commitment to invest in you that makes us who we are. That's something that's really important to me, right? Is I want people to know that we have committed to spending a lot of money in this business. And one of the things that really sets us apart is our equipment. We've got exceptional equipment. Now, look, you can go to, like I live in central Texas, but you can go to Austin or San Antonio or Dallas or Houston, and you can find companies that are much bigger than mine. And those companies will have assets and equipment that I don't have. However, you're not going to find very many smaller production houses that have anywhere close to the amount of gear I have. I've got 
enough lighting and grip gear that I could have my own grip truck. I've got incredible audio equipment, right? I've got a lot of really nice equipment that I've spent a lot of money on over the years that allows us to be able to handle larger projects than your typical freelancer or your typical small production company, but without having to go to a really, really large video production company that's going to cost significantly more. We're not necessarily cheap because I wouldn't consider us cheap at all. In fact, uh, we do charge quite a bit of money, but we are also not charging a million dollars for our projects either, right? So we're the perfect middle ground. We've got a lot of equipment that really does set us apart, but without having to go to the the really big production houses. So that's something I wanted to mention uh, because I feel like that's that's a, a, a very important aspect of our business and, and one of the things that sets us apart. And I love the line, it's our, but it's our commitment to invest in you that makes us who we are. Because it lets you know, like, we've invested a lot in this business, but we are committed to investing in you. And that's true because a large part of our business is building relationships and sticking with them long term. I've got companies I do so much business with and I'm so close with now that they literally invite me to their company Christmas parties. They see me as part of their team. And that's something that's really valuable to our business. To wrap the video up, the final part says this, and best of all, we're just normal people who love what we do and want to have fun on the job. We love coffee, we love traveling, and we love creating content that wows people. We desire to be the life of the party all while pushing the envelope for that extra creative shot. That's just kind of letting you know a little bit more about us, right? Kind of our culture, like we're normal people because we are, I, like, I consider us very normal. You know, there are different types of video people out there, but I consider myself pretty normal. And all the guys that work with us, we're all pretty normal. Even the girls that work with us, we're all really just normal people. And we just love video and we love photography. We love what we do. And we love creating content that wows people. We like to have fun. We all love coffee. Everybody I work with, we live off of coffee. We drink it all day long to stay awake. <laughs> and we like to push the envelope, right? We like to try things that are outside of our comfort zone or things that maybe other people haven't thought to do. So those are really important aspects to mention in the video because it kind of lets you know who we as individuals are. And I specifically chose the line, we desire to be the life of the party all while pushing the envelope for that extra creative shot because I had a shot I wanted to put there, which was a video because <laughs> I showed all kinds of industries, right? Everything from architectural and engineering construction to medical to universities to sororities to projects for... Um, for eBay, et cetera. There's all kinds of shots from all kinds of industries in this video. But I do have a few shots from some of the outdoor hunting and fishing industry projects I've done. And so I chose the line all while pushing the envelope for the extra creative shot with the intention of showcasing this one creative shot I have where it shows a hunter and a box blind getting ready to shoot a deer. And in the scope of his gun is the deer. You can see the reflection of the deer in the scope of his gun. Now that was created in post. I shot the picture or the video of the deer and then I shot the video of the hunter and then I took the video of the deer and I shrank it and mirrored it so it looked like a reflection and stuck it in the scope of the gun and changed the opacity to make it blend in on the scope and then tracked the scope as it moved so it looks like an actual reflection. It was a cool shot we did in a project in Canada several years ago and I knew I wanted to use that shot because it's a creative shot. So this gave, this line gave me a place to put that shot because it's all while pushing the envelope for that extra creative shot 
which is pun intended because he shoots the gun. It is a shot. <laughs> and it is pushing the envelope of being creative because that's a, like a lot. Most people would never take the time to do what I just explained to you. But I did because I wanted to I wanted to be more creative and I thought it was really cool looking. And it gave me a way to show a deer getting shot on camera, but in a tasteful way that doesn't look bad to people out there who maybe aren't for hunting. So that's like a really cool line and a, and a good excuse for using that shot in the video. Lastly, the video says, we demand excellence and want to work with people who share our philosophy. I want to invite you to invest in my company so we can invest in you. Rustic River Media, brand yourself. And that's the end of the video. Um, those last lines are letting people know that um, like, we, we really want excellence in, 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 in our work and what we do. Um, we, we want everything to do we do to be as excellent as we can. And we're really demanding in that way because we are, right? Wait, I'll make clients get up at times in the day that they don't want to get up and or I'll make them drive somewhere they don't want to drive just to make sure we get everything we need to get. Uh, so we're kind of demanding in that way. And we like working with people who are okay with that because if you're good with letting me be kind of demanding and dragging you all over the place for your project, you're going to get a better end product. And so that's the kind of people we like to, to work with, which is why I use the line, we want to wear work with people who share philosophy. And then I gave an open invitation. This is my call to action. I want to invite you to invest in my company so that we can invest in you. That is a call to uh, a call to action or, or uh, an, an invite to do something. And that's my me inviting you to invest in me. If you invest in me, I'm going to invest in you. So that's my call to action. And then, of course, I ended with the brand name, Rustic River Media, and the tagline, brand yourself, because that's kind of the overarching theme for our business is branding your business. So that's the that's the script, right? So that's the next start, next step in the process was going in and writing those paragraphs, writing those lines out in mixing them with the music, figuring out where we can put those lines in the music and how we're going to get those lines to fit. So every word you heard was very intentional. It was intentional because it had a purpose. Some of the purpose was to showcase certain shots. Some, some of the words purposes were to showcase or to tell a client certain things we do or offer. And every word that we chose also was chosen to help fit the timing markers of the music. So that's how we wrote the scripting part. And this is very important because this script is the backbone to this video. This is the most important part of the video because it tells people who we are, what we do, what markets that we work in, etc. So it's really important that this had everything written out exactly as I wanted it to be. Now, I knew going into the video that I didn't want to be on camera the whole time. I wanted to show my work, right? I wanted to show examples of my work. But I did want to be on camera a little bit because I wanted people, again, like I said earlier, to see who I am and who you can expect to talk to when you call our number. Like, I'm the guy you're going to work with. I want you to hear from me and see me. So I wanted to be on camera a little bit. So I decided I'd be on camera twice at the very beginning of the video and at the very end. So all I had to do was memorize the beginning lines and the ending lines. Now, I could have used a teleprompter. I do have a teleprompter, but I didn't want to appear in any way like I was reading this. So I memorized the opening line of founded in 2015, Rustic River Media is your go-to resource for video production, business photography, digital content creation, and live streaming. And then I memorized the last four lines. We demand excellence and want to work with people, share our philosophy. I want to invite you to invest in my company so we can invest in you. Rustic River Media, brand yourself. I memorized those, those lines, the beginning and the end of the video. And the rest I knew I could do um, with a voiceover. It, but 
to keep that in mind, it had to all happen in the same place because you want the acoustics of your interview to sound exactly the same throughout the whole video. So what I had to do for the next step in the process was find a location to shoot my interview at. And I didn't want to be out of money for this video, really. I mean, I bought the music and stuff, but I didn't really want to be out a lot of money. So I decided I was going to shoot this interview by myself. And I knew I only needed one camera because I, I'm only on camera twice. It doesn't need to be shot on multiple angles. It just needs to be a locked off shot that has me on camera once at the beginning and once at the end. So I found a location, which was a, a church I used to attend um, before I switched into my new church. And the church I used to attend, the reason I picked it was they have really good stage lighting and I knew I could go in and control the stage lights for the backdrop. Now, I brought my own lights in. I brought an Aperture, I think, 600D, a 300D, and a couple SGC tube lights to backlight myself uh, from either side. So I brought in my own lighting to light me, but the background, the backdrop I, uh, of the stage, I was able to control the lighting of. So I brought uh, I brought in my, I called the church and asked if I could shoot this. They, they said that was fine. Uh, I had done some, some like pro bono work for them in the past. So they were happy to have me. So I came out and brought my gear and set up where I was going to stand. I marked it with gaff tape, um, used my, um, uh, my external monitor on my FX six to make sure I was framed up well. And then, um, you know, added all the lights and, and shot, uh, shot some examples of my lighting and then went, cause I shot this by myself. So I would shoot examples of myself and then I walk back to the camera and look at it and make sure I was happy with it. And if I wasn't like, if I felt like my hat didn't have enough light on it, <laughs> then I would add more light. In fact, actually, now that I remember, I ended up adding uh, aperture 60 X also, um, to the, to the shoot so I could have it pointed right at my hat, just so you could see the logo on my hat. Uh, so I actually had a 300D, a 600D, a 60X, and two SGC tube lights just to light myself. Um, and then the, the church had someone there to help me change the stage lights. So what we did is we changed the stage lights to make them pretty close to my company colors, which is this orangish color. Um, that's what my R in Rustic River is. It's got this orangish color, and I wanted that to be the theme of the backlight behind me. So um, they changed the colors of the stage lights, got the brightness set to where we wanted it. It wasn't exactly what I needed it to be color wise, but I got it pretty close and close enough that I was able to in DaVinci Resolve use depth map to highlight myself and the background and separate the background for me using depth map. If you don't use Resolve, um, you may not have heard of this, but that's one of the greatest features in Resolve is depth map because you can isolate the subject from the background very easily and quickly change the background in your subject independently. So I was able to use depth map in Resolve to alter the background colors just slightly because it had a slightly red hue. And I was able to slightly change the background, uh, the backlighting to get it to get it to be the orange of my logo. Um, so it was perfect. So even though it wasn't perfect when I shot it, it was close enough that I could fix it and, and resolve using depth map. That's a really great reason to shoot on 10 bit or better cameras, by the way, because you start altering different parts of the image. If you don't have a 10 bit camera or better, you might break the image and see banding or blocking uh, in, in the image. So I shoot in 10 bit log. So I was able to uh, alter the lighting without breaking it, um, but it looked great. And so using depth map, I was able to use the background and uh, highlight the background and get the colors perfect to my company logo. And, um, and then of course I, I, I wore branded content. I had a hat that had my logo on it. I had a, a vest that had my logo on it just so that everything was on brand. So once I had all that set up, I took a shotgun mic, put it over myself on a boom, just like I would any other client job. And 
I spoke to my, I recorded myself speaking to the FX6 using autofocus and I, I read off the, the lines I memorized, the first lines and the last four lines. And I did it several times until I felt like I really had it. Of course, I went and reviewed it. Um, but then once I had my, my memorized lines read, the next thing I did is I stood in the same spot with my head still facing the camera. So my, my mouth is at the same angle that my mouth was when I was doing the interview and I held up my cell phone. And again, cause you don't want to be looking down at your phone because now your mouth is facing down from the mic and you don't want to speak up into the mic because you weren't doing that during the interview. So you want your mouth to be exactly where it was when you were doing the interview so that the dialogue sounds exactly the same from, from when you were talking on camera to when you are reading the voiceover. It's really important. Otherwise it'll stick out to your audience. So I stood in the same spot with my head facing the same direction and I held up my phone and I read out the rest of the voiceover script. And that, uh, that dialogue was, that was now the voiceover for my video. So I'm on camera for the beginning. I'm on camera for the end. And the middle part is now a voiceover. So once all of that was done, I was able to break everything down and come home and put everything into the music on my timeline. And remember, I, everything had to fit in the perfect spot, and it did. So everything fit just right because I practiced it at home just to make sure it was going to fit. and triple-checked it, you know, and it did fit. It fit perfectly. Um, I actually sent it off. There's a little bit of noise in the background because they were working on the AC, coincidentally, the day that I got to work at film at the church, which is a terrible coincidence. So there was some AC noise I had to get rid of, but I have a really good um, sound engineer uh, that I work with uh, named Jake. And I sent Jake my, um, my audio and paid him to clean it up for me. I could clean it up myself using Isotope because I have like the Isotope Advanced or whatever it is. And it does a remarkable job of cleaning up audio. But Jake is even better than me. I mean, he, he's going to school for that. So I just had Jake clean it up for me. Um, and so that got my, all my dialogue completely finished. I had the, I had my beginning interview, my ending interview and all the meat of the content in the middle ready to go. So I came home, um, and, and had Jake edit the audio for me. And once he sent it back, I plugged it into the, um, to the music on the timeline. And so once that was done, now I'm ready to start dropping in shots. So I want to talk a little bit about the shots I chose. I'm not going to go through them necessarily or anything, but I just want to talk about the, the type of shots I chose and kind of how I weeded through all the content. I'll go back to 2016. I said I started this project in 2016, but I didn't finish it until three years later because now it's 2023 and I just came out with this video. And the reason is because I got all the script written and I couldn't at the time find a location because again, COVID, I couldn't quite find a location to shoot the interview at that I liked. And then on top of that, um, work finally picked back up and I got back to work. And so I put this off on the back burner. So here we are now, it's 2023. I found the church. I went and shot the interview at the church. I wrote this script three years ago. Now I did alter the script slightly before I filmed the interview and the voiceover. Um, I, I tweaked a couple of small things in it. But overall, what I read to you, what we covered, all that I wrote back in 2020. So a couple months ago before my daughter was born, I um, went to the church, shot the interview, and then started cutting in the shots. Now, a lot has happened in three years, because remember, I started brainstorming this video and kind of putting it together three years ago. Well, since then, I now have 
a lot more shots to go through. And it was already a daunting task to go through all your work to create a highlight reel. And now it's even harder because I had three more years worth of footage to go through. And that's a point I want to make. So when you make a reel, a lot of people, when they make a reel, especially like the music style ones, they'll make them every year and they'll kind of go through like that year's content or like the previous year's content. I didn't want to do that because I'm not, I don't have time to make reels every year. I just don't. I'm busy. I'm swamped. I'm taking care of my clients and then I'm taking care of my family. I know that this is a a marketing component, but I don't feel like I need to do it every year. I mean, we already talked earlier in the podcast about how reels are great to have on your website or on like a, in a, in a booth at a trade show or to have, you know, uh, on, on a proposal or, or social or whatever. But my clients book me really because of my examples, example projects. Um, so for me, this is not something I'm going to take the time to do every year, right? I might do another one several years down the road, but it's going to be a while. So as such, I wanted this real to not just be like the previous year's content. I wanted it to be content from all kinds of projects I've shot over the years, all over the place with all kinds of different industries. And I felt like that would be very beneficial because it gives me the ability to highlight just how many different businesses and industries we work in. So if you watch this video, you'll see there are shots from dental offices. There are shots of guys welding. There are shots of um, of uh, renewable energies like uh, wind turbines and stuff from that in, in the renewable energies industry. You'll see um, blueprints and architectural stuff from like construction and ar- architectural side of, industry, of, of, of the AEC industry. You'll see um, shots from eBay and shots from Stephen F. Austin State University and, and Texas State and UL Lafayette, uh, which are three big universities I work with. You'll see shots from uh, auctioneering and from the hunting industry and the fly fishing industry. So there are shots from so many different industries all over the place. Um, you'll see shots from dog projects, corporate videos, television commercials, uh, website videos or marketing campaigns, movie theater pre-roll ads that I did for farmers insurance. Like you'll see, you'll see shots of that. I have shots everywhere from all kinds of projects. And I love that because it gives people who see this video a sense of just how vast of of the industries, like how vast the industries that we work in, like, cause we work in so many industries doing all kinds of different projects and it's all kind of geared around the same type of thing, right? Commercial corporate branding type projects, some short film or doc stuff and events slash live streaming. Like that's, that's what we offer. And you can see that throughout this entire video, there's no wedding or real estate stuff or anything like that because we don't, we don't work in those industries. And that's not a knock against those industries. It's just we don't work in them. So I wanted to be very focused on the industries we do work in. And so if you watch this video, you'll see only shots from the type of industries that we really work in for the for the most part on a daily, day-to-day basis. I have done real estate, for example, but that's not a primary focus for me. So I don't have any of that in this reel. It's only stuff that features the type of work that we commonly do the type of industries we commonly work in and who our target market is. So every shot in the video was chosen for that reason. And on top of wanting to have like a variety of projects, I also wanted to incorporate dialogue from projects when I could. 
you know, obviously I'm talking throughout the video, but I wanted to see, is it possible to find dialogue from projects I've filmed and produced and be able to incorporate that dialogue into this video somehow? Is it possible? So I started brainstorming and what I came up with was a couple different things. One, I had a lot of TED Talks that we shot for at Texas State years back. And I have so many, I had like, I think, I think I had 19 TED Talks on, on file or something like that. Or no, was it 19? No, 22. I have like 22 on file. I don't know. It's a lot. So what I did is I went through those TED Talks because I had remembered that there were a couple of speakers whose, whose speech, when they, when they spoke, their speeches had some lines that I had remembered. And so I went back and found those TED Talks. And again, guys, this is why it took me so long to make this video because in my free time, I had to do all this. But I had to go back and find those TED Talks and find dialogue from them that was on theme and on brand with the video and that fit what little time markers I could give them because there were only certain spots that it would make sense for dialogue to be in the video. So I had to have dialogue that was on theme and that fit within those time markers throughout the video. And that was challenging, as you can imagine. So I was able to incorporate several bits or lines from TED Talks that show we've produced TED Talks, which is, you know, a really reputable, you know, uh, reputable organization or, or whatever you want to call that. Uh, you, 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 I, you, most people know what TED is so they can see, okay, that's a legit brand or organization that they've done work for. So it gives us an excuse to show that and you're hearing dialogue lines that identify with our brand video, that match the messaging of our brand video. So you're seeing that we've worked with this reputable company or, or organization. You're seeing that we um, shot events because that is an event. Um, and some of them were live streams. So you, you could see that event type of work that we do. And you're hearing dialogue from it in an interesting and compelling way that is on theme with the brand of the video. So now you've got lyrics in the video. You've got dialogue from projects in the video and you've got my own dialogue. So was, there's a lot of different type of dialogue in this little video, you know, this three or four minute video, however long it is. And so that to me was something I could, I thought I could do that would give it one more notch up above a typical highlight reel. I also incorporated um, some dialogue from uh, an interview I shot uh, a while back and was able to cut it in as well because I thought, because uh, it talks about this guy like uh, handing out his legacy or like this is my legacy essentially. And I thought that was like a really cool bit. It's, it's much longer than that. Not really long, but it's a couple lines. It talks about like, this has been my story. This is my legacy. And that's on theme with the video, right? Like these are people's stories. This is their legacy. So I was able to take a couple of lines from that video and incorporate it as well. So you've got Ted talk dialogue from different, from different people speaking at Ted talks. You've got interview dialogue for myself. You've got interview dialogue from a branded client and you've got the lyrics all trying to keep on theme within this like three to four minute window. So was, there's a lot of moving parts, but I knew if I could find ways to, to strategically incorporate those bits of, uh, of dialogue, it would only elevate my video that much more by showing people not, not by showing people like not only the industries we work in, but letting them hear pieces of actual branded content, not just see it, but hear it. And I felt like that would just give them an even more of a sense of an idea of what we do. And then on top of that, speaking of hearing, I really wanted to incorporate a lot of Foley. Foley is important to me. We incorporate a lot of Foley in our work. 
So I wanted this video to have a lot of Foley. Now, fortunately, a lot of the Foley I already had because I'm pulling shots from pre-existing projects, but some Foley I didn't have because not all these shots are in projects we've done. Some of these shots hit the cutting room floor and never made it into the final, you know, the final product for some of these clients. So there might be shots in here that have, has, I've never put out before because they didn't make the final cut of whatever video they're in. So there's no Foley for those shots. So I had to go in and create Foley or buy Foley for some of the shots throughout the video that didn't have Foley. And then the ones that did have Foley, I had to make sure I incorporated them in a tasteful way because I wanted people who watch it to know that we also take the time to work on our sound design, right? I'm trying to give a sense of everything we do from sound design to coloring to to the storyboarding or script uh, scripting of my dialogue to incorporating other people's dialogue and, and, and everything. I wanted people to have a complete sense of what to expect when they work with us. And then I incorporated some graphics. Now I didn't incorporate a ton of graphics into this, but there was some, like there, there was like the piece I talked about earlier with the architectural um, design, like the blueprint leading to the design of the final blueprint on the field. Like that's a cool graphic. I have a map graphic that went with a, a project I did for hunting outfit last year. We did this large video marketing campaign slash photo campaign for Greystone Castle down in Northwest Texas. And my editor designed this really cool map graphic. So I incorporated that just to kind of show it off uh, and our ability to, to, to use map graphics in our work. Um, and there was like a, a couple of like After Effects things that I designed that sh like one in particular that showed a bunch of shots at one time, um, kind of as a collage. So I, I had a few th moments throughout the video where I did incorporate some graphics. I had a lower third when I talked um, at the very beginning of the video. So we I went through and incorporated graphics when I could, but I didn't go crazy with it. I just wanted to show some graphical work I, and some masking. Like you'll see the shot of, you know, with the deer in the scope that I talked about. Um, there was a shot that shows like uh, a logo getting for Sam companies, which is one of my clients. They're pulling the logo off the printing press and, uh, the camera goes into the logo and, and the logo masks out and reveals another shot. That's actually from a real video project. So I incorporated that because that's kind of cool. So we did try to and, and put in some graphical elements when I could, um, but we didn't overdo it. And I just wanted to have some in there just so you could see a little bit of the different types of things that, that we, we do here in-house. So when it comes to the shots, it wasn't even really about showcasing my favorite shots, because I have a lot of shots that I love that never made it into this video. One of my favorite shots, for example, is this red fox in the in the snow, like in feet of snow in Canada, diving for a mouse he was searching for. Such a cool shot in, shot in slow motion. It's a Nat Geo shot for sure, right? And I've got uh, a really cool shot of this orange bearded turkey that's beautiful, or, or some bears that were really cool shots that I have. But there was no good place to incorporate much wildlife in this video, for example, so they didn't make it. Um, I have a lot of really cool time lapses I've shot over the years. I've shot some awesome time lapses from from construction time lapses that show things being built to, to time lapses of water coming in and leaving, like tides coming and leaving in Alaska, like really cool stuff. But there was no good place to put any of that. I think I had one time, I had one astro or night lapse in there that had the Aurora lights in it from Alaska that I shot like, I don't know, almost 10 years ago now. But I did put that in there just because it was kind of cool. But for the most part, there's like no time lapses or anything either. So I've got lots and lots and lots of shots I've done over the years that I love 
that never made it in this video because there wasn't a place for it. So this video wasn't necessarily about showcasing my favorite shots. It was about showcasing shots from different industries that are on theme with the messaging of here's who we are and who we work with. So being on theme and showing shots from different industries was far more important than showcasing just my favorite shots. And that's why I think this style of video is different than a typical highlight reel. Because again, a typical highlight reel is your favorite shots cut to one of your favorite music tracks. But that could not be this video. It had to be on point. It had to be on point with the dialogue, the voiceover. It had to be on point with what we were talking about, the theme of showcasing different brands and different industries. So I had to work within those constraints. But I do feel as a marketing tool, now this, again, I didn't make this for me. This isn't showcasing my favorite shots to my favorite beat, right? This is a marketing tool. So I had to stay on theme so that it accomplished its job of marketing my business on my website or on proposals or at trade shows, et cetera. So it had to be on theme. So that was something that that was really important. You, you'll see throughout um, throughout the project. I mean, there's, there's some cool shots in there. I mean, I, I have one shot from a music video I did. Um, that's like the third shot of the video. And it's kind of cool. It's a, a gimbal coming down from a ceiling that I have mounted to a pulley system. And it's rotating and there's like a fog everywhere and kind of mixed color lighting and two actors laying on a bed. I mean, that's a cool shot, but for the most part, like everything is on theme and on brand, which I think if you're going to make a video like this is really important. If you have a certain market that you're targeting beyond brand in your highlight video, don't have just a bunch of random stuff, but have it, have it, have it serve a purpose. Show construction because you want to get into, you want to land more construction clients. Show wind energy because you want to get more wind energy clients or medical shots because you want to get more medical clients. That's what I want. I want clients from all of these industries that I've worked in and I showcase those same ones so that I can target those industries specifically. So that that's something that I think is really important and is why the shots that are in this video were chosen. It wasn't about being pretty. It was about being on theme. I do want to make a comment, though, about one thing I don't like about the video, and and I want to make a note about being able to update the video. So start with that. I designed this video so that I could go back and update it over time. I don't have to remake a highlight reel every year if I keep this project, right? I can just go in and swap out shots. So if I have some medical shots that I have now, but then maybe next year I get some ones that I like better, I can swap those out and just update it because the video is embedded on Vimeo, which is then embedded on my website. So you can go on video and replace on Vimeo and replace the video without it changing the link or anything. You can literally just replace the video as is. And so I can every year or every so many months go into this video and pull out old shots and put in new ones that I like better and then re-upload it to Vimeo in the same link or under the same embed that this video currently lives in, which is really cool because it just allows me to constantly update this as I see fit. And that's important because the one thing I did not like about this video is I don't have very many BTS shots or shots of my equipment. I mentioned earlier in this podcast that one of the things I talked about in the uh, dialogue that I wrote was how one of the things that makes us different is is our equipment because we've invested so much money in equipment that truly sets us apart. And we have, but I don't have a lot of shots that showcase that all I have a BTS really 
on file that I was able to use was some old shots I shot like in my living room of like my old movie that I don't even own anymore uh, <laughs> or of um, me holding a mirrorless camera and a Canon lens adapted to a Metabones adapter that I don't even own anymore. I use those shots because I needed something, but I don't even have that equipment anymore. I have way, way better equipment than that now. But that's what I had on file, right? Because when I'm on a project today, I'm not thinking about BTS video, right? I'm I'm there for my client. I'm there to serve my client. It's my client's job. They're paying me to be there. They're my focus. So I might take some BTS pictures on my phone or on a small camera to post on filming with Josh or Facebook or whatever, but I'm not there for BTS content. So I don't have video, a lot of BTS video content. So as such, I feel like that portion of the video is kind of lacking where I talk about some of those things um, and, and, and some of the equipment we have. I don't name any specific equipment. I just talk about how we have innovative equipment. So I want to update those shots. I just have a few shots of some older gear and then a few shots of some clients, but I want to remove all of that and replace it with new BTS shots that showcase me in the field with my equipment or with my team in the field with me and my equipment. So to do that, I do plan over the next several months to bring um, a camera operator on a few select shoots with the intention of him only being there to get BTS shots for me. Now, this person cannot take away from my client work because my clients pay me to be there. I can't take away from that experience, but I do want to get BTS shots. I want to showcase you know, some of the cameras that we work with, and we've got FX6s and A1s and FX3s. I want to showcase our lighting gear. We have incredible lighting gear, incredible lighting gear. I want to showcase that and, and our grip gear and our fabrics and scrims and things. And I want to show our audio gear and and just stuff like that. And I can't showcase everything, but I, I do want to show some of the technology that we have and some of the equipment we have today. So those are things I do want to update. So if you watch the video now, like those are play, what you see is placeholders. And I also, I talk about like love being on the job and we're normal people, yada, yada. And I just have some old GoPro footage of me like <laughs> on a horse going down a trail in Alaska and giving a thumbs up to the camera while we're like taking a break in the midday or something like that. And it's cool. Like it shows me out in the field on a, on a project in some remote destination, but it's like 10 year old content, right? So there are some things throughout this video I do plan to change shot wise down the road. I just haven't done it yet. But now that the video's done, all I have to do is bring someone and give them like a shot list and say, hey, get these BTS shots of me uh, and do that for like two or three or four shoots. And then I can update that portion of this video. But again, I made the video to where it's not time stamped. It does say that we, we were founded in 2015, but it's not time stamped. So it can be updated at any time. And it's not, you know, like, hey, this is our 2023 highlight reel. No, this is our brand video. We can update it anytime we want and it still be relevant. And the messaging is still, unless we like go into new markets and we start offering new services, the messaging will always be relevant, right? Because it's who we are, what we do, when we got founded, who we work with, et cetera. So as long as that stays the same, which it has for eight years now, then nothing in this video in, in terms of the audio or dialogue should ever have to change. I just can update shots. And that's kind of a cool way to approach making a highlight video. Um, now you, you know, there might come a time five years from now where I might want to do a new one with a new song and everything else. But as of now, I am for the next several years, I'm just going to update some of the shots, including BTS shots and stuff, or just new shots I get that I like. Um, but I left it open-ended where I could do that. 
But anyway, so that's pretty much the basis of how I made this video and why I designed it the way I designed it. Um, and, and to recap, you know, I don't think highlight reels are the have all be all. I've said that numerous times in other podcasts and I've said that on the filming with Josh group before because I, I don't think they are. And maybe in some industries they might be, you know, again, back when I did hunting and fishing shows, highlight reels were really important to hiring individuals. But in most industries, I think having samples of your work are far more important than a highlight reel. That being said, it is nice to have something to put on your website, your social sites, in booths at trade shows, email blast, etc. that showcases the types of projects you do, the type of industries you work in, and kind of gives people an idea of who you are and what you do. I, I think that there is a place for that. But it is my advice if you're listening to this podcast and if you want to take anything away from it, take this. Approach your highlight reel like a brand video. A brand video about you and your brand. Don't just put together cool shots to cool music. I mean, you can do that too if you want. But don't make that your only highlight reel. Have something that says who you are, when you got started, what you offer, what makes you different, and who your target market is. That way, when customers go to your website, they can learn about you and your company. That's what's going to differentiate you from everybody else. So try to have a brand video approach to your highlight reel, or at least have it as one of your highlight reels so that people can learn more about you and understand why they should hire you. And in that video, do your best to stay on theme, to showcase shots that market yourself to the industries you work in or that you want to work in and be laser focused throughout. And if you can do that and build a brand video instead of just a typical highlight reel, I think it will help you a lot more in the long run and being able to get people's attention and be able to open up a conversation to potential customers about why they should do business with you. Thanks guys for listening to this podcast. I hope you got something out of it. I know it was a little longer, but I really wanted to explain my approach, how I wrote the script, what all the lines of the script meant, how I implemented them into the music, why I picked the shots I picked, etc. I felt like that hopefully will give you some food for thought when you go to create your next highlight video or brand video. If you like the podcast, let me know. Rate it and leave feedback. Leave a comment. If you don't like it, send me a message at uh, josh at rusticriver.media or go to the Filming with Josh page and let me know there. Again, that's Filming with Josh on Facebook um, and it's a private group. Just ask to join the group and I'll be sure to approve your request today. I hope to see you guys there. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I'll see you all next week. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.